Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on the God of Fire. We have on Arthur Brown. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm actually just warming up. We've just lit the fire in this small study here, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm looking. I thought I was looking rather Norman, you know, <laughs> like, or or a, a sort of slightly more modern Viking. You got a mixture of it, really, but that's pretty great. I love the fact that the God of Fire is starting a little fire, so <laughs> it's a good start for the day. Um, so I'm excited. We talked like I said, about a year ago, and we really got into some of your other stuff, your older stuff, but you've been putting out a lot of music lately, which is awesome. You've been performing a lot. I think uh, once COVID opened up a little bit, you've already been doing a lot of recording, but you've been on the road a lot, too. Festivals. You're everywhere. Yeah, it's been delightful. Um, of course, it's been a, a, a difficult period for everybody uh, with the uncertainties through COVID, etc. Um, but yeah, we've we've had enough to keep keep us busy. And, yeah. And yeah, two albums on uh, different labels. And you just did an album before that too, uh, Voodoo, like not that long ago. So it's like you're very prolific, and I'm loving it. As a fan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's what I like to do. <laughs> and um, at the moment, we're out here in the middle of the the moors of uh, yeah. Yorkshire, and so this is it's an old house. And there's a lot to do. So besides music, there's all of that. And, <laughs> and, and there's there's so many uh, historical places around here, including way back uh, Neolithic things, uh, and and all the way from there to the uh, the technology with uh, iron and metal, when that sort of first started to be big, and they started to do uh bridges and trains and all of that um and and so the mining for that is quite was quite close to here and oh wow you can go, you can go down uh to i think it's about 100 160 feet and um that's pretty close <laughs> well, it might be a good place. I don't know whether you you know De Krupp's. Yep. The well, they they like to hit lumps of metal. Uh, they do. At least, they, yeah. And so they go down there and and um, mine a bit and then give it a few bashes and and uh, record it. I, I love them. Um, Jurgen wasn't on that long ago. He was. Um... Very fun, very fun guy, smart guy. Another very creative person. I can see where you guys get on very well. You know, always going in different spots, never, never retreading the same exact path. No, and uh, yeah, we we do. We have nice conversation when we meet, and he uh, he yeah is involved with that uh, the Monsters Ball album. Um, 
which was a, a nice surprise because I didn't know he was anything to do with it to begin with. So that was good. Um, yeah, sorry. So I've, I've wanted no, no, to no, 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 it's, 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 I'm a very casual talk. That's what we, you know, last, last time we had some great talks because it's casual. I mean, the goal is I want people to, to recognize you've got some more music out and to experience it because you are an artist. But to me, one of the best things about talking to a, such a creative person and to, is to get more than just the stock five questions. You know, you're a very creative source. It would be a very lazy talk to somebody, you know. <laughs> And ask the same question you hear every single day. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. it's like I, I'm not a fan of that. Um, I call it the bus stop talk. You know, when you sit at the bus stop and you're like, how are you doing? How's the weather? You're like, you know darn well how it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a jibber jabber. Um, so I, I appreciate your, your open candor. That, that's what makes a real conversation. Um, but it's, it's more like, uh, you know, some of the journeys you have on a train where you you may be in a, a carriage, yep. compartment, yep. one of the older ones maybe, um, and suddenly there's just the two of you and over maybe you drop a, a pen or they, they notice yeah. and start a conversation. A real conversation. Yeah, and then and sometimes their whole life is put there before you, or you put yours in front of them, and uh, yeah, it it's not uh, governed by. Oh yes, uh, when when you do this, you have to ask these questions. Um, I never do that. I don't have any I never I never have any questions. I I'll have information about like because I've been listening to your music. You know what I mean? And I want to talk about your music. I have no questions. I don't have to. You, you talk to you. I don't need questions to talk. <laughs> I've been doing it for 52 years. You've been doing it for 80 years. We know how to talk. I think we can do this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be okay. What's, so before we talk about those two albums, though, something else came across great, and I don't know when you recorded it, and I think there's a tie-in with um, Carmine, uh, our piece. You, you played with him on the Monsters Ball, but you also did track with him on the um, the animals reimagined the Pink Floyd tribute. You did sheep yes. with him, yes. which is brilliant, a brilliant track. I love it. <laughs> um, so I, I imagine that there was an overlap with him being on that track with you, and then having him on Monsters or Monsters, and then having him do that one, right? Well, the the uh, it's it's when. Uh... Brian of uh, Monsters Ball, when he yep. uh, he's got his whole roster of musicians from the periods of music that he loves, mm -hmm. and uh, he chooses very good musicians. And so, when you're working with with Brian, it's a question of uh, okay, um, if if we're going to do this. What what numbers do you like? And here's a list of the ones we like. And uh, so, which ones do we choose? And uh, would you like to try writing with um, Mr. Harvey, the psych writer? Oh yeah, try that. You know, um, Alan Davy from Hawkwind, and I uh, write things with him. And then, okay, so you've got something written. Ah, well, we'll just hold on. Uh, 
boom, boom, boom. And they, uh, he ships it off to some of the other people on, on his uh, roster. Yeah. And they go like, well, uh, we see it like this. So they, you, you, you hear little bits of it and you go, yeah, yeah, that all. But here, maybe we could do that and that. And then he brings in and said, oh, it's leaned in this direction. I wonder what would happen if we leaned it in this direction. And so that's where uh, people like Jürgen and um, uh, Alan David come in. It's like, oh, and, and they have their own vocabulary. They have their own connections musically. And then, of course, I have the, the connections from, you know, the early part of the, the music. Right. Uh, so that that's how it all comes together, and um, people, I, I, you know, you meet people like Carmen on on tours and things like yeah. that, and, and so, so he, you know, he he, yeah, he's played with some of the great people. Yes, he he's a great player. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Indeed. That's that's great. I mean, it, what's also interesting is because what we're talking about is you have an album out, Monsters Ball, which is a very collaborative thing, which is something you you very much specialize in. But then you also have Long Wrong Road, which is more of you. So you actually have the best of both worlds out this year, you know. Absolutely, and that the the prophecy um, label. Uh, which has sort of a, a coordination with magnetic eye, uh, depending what which area of the uh, market they're promoting in, and um, so they what what happened there was we we wanted to have a record company where they allowed uh, the artist's creative freedom. And where the artist was involved in every every element of yeah. the coming together, not only of the music but the the actual uh, uh, sleeves, artists, um, the 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 whole uh, presentation of of you as an artist, or or me in that case. Um, it, so that you you had an input into all of that, yeah. And then we we could therefore feed in our our own uh, photographs, our own uh, stories, our own uh, accounts of what it is that the album's about, and and the uh, you know and what is my history and all of that. And so. That was a very, uh, was a good process indeed. And the the music, uh, yeah, just one person <laughs> created music there. It's not, it's not uh, an album of, you know, uh, accomplished musicians from a, you know, various backgrounds. No, that's right. one person. Just one accomplished uh, musician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love working with him. He's, he's uh, very creative um, and not uh, not a big egotist in terms of his, you know, he's, he's, it's easy to sit down and we'll come up with something 
and he's he's good at improvising. He'll he'll say yes. I I I think you you mentioned having a flute here. Yes, I think that would be good. But who who could we get? And I'd say, um, do do you play any flute? And he's well, I. I've got one, you know, but I can't play it. I can't play it. So, you know, that would be left. And then two weeks later, he said, why don't you drop by today? And uh, it's, it's, so I go in there and there's this unbelievable flute piece. And I said, well, who did you get to do that? He said, well, I, I played it, you know. I said, you said you couldn't play. And this happens on so, so many much. Yeah, and you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that. Uh, well, you know, some people can play lots of instruments, and yeah. Rick apparently is one of them, and he is just a delight. And he'll he's also one who will take various styles. So you might play, and there'd be uh, um, a string piece, right. Uh, and then you go, oh, I, I like that. And then so yeah, six days later, I'd be passing by, so I can't drop in. And uh, said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that same piece is, is now a brass band piece. Then I'd come in and it'd say swamp, <laughs> swamp blues. <laughs> and it's like, wow. And um, so the, the limit, there's not uh, the great limitations uh for the imagination if i can imagine it you will find a way you can do it it sounds like he does a lot of uh re reverse engineering where he um he sees the goal and then he's backwards figuring out well maybe i can't play an, you know an orchestral piece on this instrument but i know the music i want and this flute or this instrument will be my paintbrush or yes. the color i need and I will figure out how to make this instrument do what I needed to do. Yes. That is the piece between me and the song. And, yeah. and it, clearly he's got a gift of translating the music on whatever tool he needs, you know? Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, you know, he might just sit down and start on a rhythm and I'll start singing and he'll, uh, you know, it, it's kind of that, uh, a psychic connection. Yep. So you 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 actually find that he's already in the place that you're going to, mm -hmm. uh, and so the openness of it, I I can go anywhere and he'll be he'll deal with it, and, and so that's one one of the other ways of that creating. Sometimes he'll just have a, he's a very funny person as well, so. Sometimes uh, he just does an off-handed thing, and uh, then we'll write the lyrics for it. And, and because it's a humorous one, um, that that's a, it follows a different kind of trajectory. But it makes um, you know recording delightful. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. There's not not uh, we don't have. Uh, which some people do, and it comes out really good. But ours was not one where we had, you know, any contention. Yeah. 
I think right now I'm going to ask what your favorite song is. I'm going to tell you what mine is right now, today, because it changes. Uh, Once I Had an Illusion, Part One, and Long Long Road. Uh, yeah, Long Long Road are my favorites as of today. <laughs> but like everything else that's malleable in life, it will change by by the next time we talk. Do you have any standouts that you that kind of hit you personally that you were like, that's that's my jam? Like, is there a, is there a song or two? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Um, I I like uh, also the uh, illusions. Yeah, they're great. Oh, yeah, part two is also great. But right now, today, part one is the one that's just kind of rolling through my head. You know, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the ones that happened through. Uh, Rick was just you know we were just sitting there and he started on a rhythm and I came in and that was that song you know we, we uh, had a lot of yeah yeah just into place thank you and and um then you know with with uh this, this album yeah which is called called the long long road um it it was we we looked at the kind of history where my singing came from mm -hmm. stylistically and, and uh feeling wise and um it was actually you know blues early jazz uh and then the, the early modern jazz uh and so we, we looked back and found some pieces that we'd already created. And then we, we yes, we followed the bluesy R&B rock route. Yep. And um, so the, this song, the long, long road. Mm -hmm. In in a way, it it kind of answers the the soul songs or the and even a bit of a kind of gospel in there. Um, and yet, it was also a very simple, direct song. So it it had more of a possibility of commercial appeal. Yeah, and so. In in that regard, initially, I was thought, mm, I wonder if the the fans are going to like that in the bluesy type uh, path. But but um, Claire loves that song. Did my, she? My yeah. Partner. Yeah. When I heard this album and even Monsters Ball together around the same time, it feels like it embraces songwriting now and technology but it also harkens back to some of the, the a nod to the 70s vocally and stylistically a little bit on some of the songs which is probably more of your bluesier parts you know but it also goes up it's modern too you know what i mean yeah. it feels like you have a leg in both both sides of the fence if that makes sense you know yeah well i you know, um, there are certain things from the 70s I didn't uh, 
dabbling. But of course, where where Prog came in um, was a, in the seventies was a development of the music. You know, the the scope of what you could count as current music. Right. Right. And, and so the 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 crazy world which sort of predated that by a few years um of course the keyboard player vincent mm -hmm. was a, a composer and a classical pianist and uh, so as well as being an amazing modern jazz and bluesy soul right. keyboard um so but the the the, the experimentation with more classical feel was easy with him i'd, I'd mm -hmm. done i'd had classical training for the voice yeah uh, so that that left me open oh well I can, I can look at these kind of and and a lot with vincent he was a a, a phenomenal improviser and so I would improvise with Vincent, and we had that same. Uh, when I was talking about Rick, the yep. the psychic connection, same. So I could go anywhere. I could do a oh, just, oh, and and Vincent was there, or I could do a what you know, or a uh, or you know. Uh, on the days when you go, I will go on and on. You and and more of a sort of blue, a folky feel. Right. So all of that was being was was part of the kind of experimentation that prog movement uh, embodied. And and uh, of course where where uh, where the crazy world was playing was down UFO, and you had uh, you know the nice with Keith Emerson, um, and their kind of exploratory of, of musical tones and yep. and things that you could do. The synthesizers were not as prominent yet, uh, so that was part of the experimentation. And all of that um, led to uh, an acceptance, if you like, of uh, well, oh, and here's a bit with that uh, Paco de Lucia, the, the Spanish guy. That's interesting. What happens if we do that? And then on the Crazy World album, there was uh, a melody that I did by, from uh, Indian type. Of, um, yeah and so that for me was part of my whole um, the way that my my heart used to like to move uh, in the music and um and so in this one we took the the root of the the bluesy soul uh, even gospel bit um and in the middle of there was this song, um, Long Long Road. 
And at, at, at first, I thought, yeah. I'm, I'm that whole period where underground bands suddenly the the, the the music industry had moved into all the underground music and there was mm -hmm. a big to be made and the audiences were ready to hear certain things and so you got a lot of the the uh, artists there would try their hand at a commercial single yeah middle of the you know and and of course some in some cases say like Louis Armstrong and uh, Wonderful World it, it it was just so uh, moving as it right that it, it transcended all of that stuff but there were and and Beefheart tried uh, you know. I got too much time to be without. It's beautiful, yeah. You know, um, but I think for some of his fans, it was like I thought this guy was a poet with extraordinary imagery and stuff. Now, uh, and even though I've got too too much time to be without, but that's quite an amazing bit of poetry. But they thought it was like, oh, that's, that's, that's. too soft. Yeah, and so at a certain point, uh, I, and if I'm looking at it, this album, Long Long Road, that mm -hmm. song I felt was that way. But I've come to see it now in a in a different light, particularly oh, really? where you still always say, "No, you're not." That wrong. <laughs> Justice, so um, so that became one of my favorites, and I I, I uh, sometimes do concerts in Germany with um, the Hamburg Blues Band, which also yeah. um, has uh, Chris Farlow, the the English singer who was. Uh, yeah. I, there's clips up on YouTube too, I believe. Some really nice clips of people. To watch, they can't see in person. To check it out of of your performance with with the group. Yes, yes, yes. It 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 was formed by um, Dick Hextel Smith with a um, a German uh, musician, Gerd uh, Langer, and he has kept that band going for. Uh, Ever since, so it's twenty odd years. So, um, but but um, he brings in different vocalists, and he brought yeah. in a vocalist, Topok, who is uh, um, sort of famous, and it's partially, it's mainly acoustic, although he can play it. Um, and he writes really good songs that are very commercial but they're very really good you know and they they he can be very funny but he also has the capacity to pinpoint a political thing and make it something you can sing yeah. and you you you're not thinking oh yes i want to bring poetry no yeah, it's the human side of it 
And so I did, uh, uh, um, he invited me to come and uh, play and sing with his band. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would be, be nice. And so they, they uh, learned a version of uh, Long Long Road because they liked that song. And um, what was amazing was it was an audience I haven't sung for. Yeah. And um, uh, we did one. Uh, I think we did. Uh, something like misunderstood. Yeah. The opening song. And then what? went into this one and they listened the audience listened and it, it was an audience of uh, you know mixed age yep and so um they listened to the the uh, first part of it and then you know there's an instrumental opening and then it oh. comes in when the verse starts uh, you know with full voice but but it's not like a right and it was a um, but nothing's ever changed from all we know and when that did it it was like um on uh the voice or something that that <laughs> much, all the audience suddenly for some reason goes or or one of the uh button presses and so got to that one and with this audience who didn't know who I was or anything suddenly all of them they stood up so I knew that the the, the way we'd arranged it and something in the way it was meant and, and the feeling kind of really connected with a, a very diverse audience well that's a, that's a good song if, if you can connect with just the song and it doesn't matter. And, and I actually want to take a minute and step back. I, you said something that was kind of interesting. When you mentioned Beefheart and talk about you and then writing like a good song and a commercial song. And, and, and there's like, you have an audience that, at this point that knows you, like I'm a fan of you. I have no expectations. I'm like, there's gonna be new Arthur Brown, crazy world, whatever it's gonna be, I'm gonna probably dig it. You know what I'm saying? There's songs I love more than others, but pretty much I like mostly everything you do from now to Kingdom Come. <laughs> no pun intended, right? I, yeah. I love that. I love that 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 part too. But so people check out that, go back in history and check out Kingdom Come with him. But but the point is, like with 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 Beefheart though, as an example, his audience, he was also could be considered a fringe artist, which you could because you weren't confined to social parameters of a popular song. Fire's been great for you, but it wasn't written to be a, part, a, a pop song. It was written because that was in you. And, and, and so the challenge is, you'd be a great pop writer and I love pop music, but the point is if that's not who you are, that's not who you are. And that's not you being honest as an artist. And I think that's a difference. So I think the problem is when you get a group, depending on your audience, like a Beefheart group only wants fringe Beefheart. So him doing anything different was not going to happen. But you have an audience that's not say which afraid, much more open-minded, or they might just like different time periods of you because you can do different different periods of your music because you have such a 
you know, an open palette of different flavors of, of sounds, you know? So there's something for everyone, really, there is, you know? Some of us like yes. all of it, some of us like certain periods. But that's, I think, one of the interesting things about your career is you've never, I haven't, it doesn't look like from the outside that you've hunted down commercial success. What you've done is you've continually chased your muse of the next creative challenge whether it be visually or, or technology or, or a production or a song or a project, but it's never been seeing you on top of the pops trying for the next, you know what I mean? You're not that guy, you know? No, I, I, I did once uh, kind of think, well, if I spend, uh, you know, three years concentrating on the guitar, for singing with, then mm -hmm. I'd, I'd follow a different uh, route. And um, so I, I took uh, lessons from Robert Fripp. And, uh, Are you serious? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my yeah. God, tell me, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have, uh, I've got one, I, I so in the end, I, I thought, no, I think that's, I, I found that uh, I don't want to go any further down that line. I've, I'm doing something else, you know. And, um, but uh, he has these very demanding exercises. If yeah. you're going to go with him. Uh, but he had also he had that um, League of Gentlemen uh, because uh, I had gone to this uh, Gurdjieff school in uh, in Gloucestershire, and in there uh, um, a lot of the the basis of it is uh, it's got psychology and philosophy in it, but it's also uh, the dance movement and the music that accompanies it. Right. And there was always this thing with the, that when when you were learning the dance, people who had never danced in their life learned it. And you, you get, first of all, uh, and you, you learn the feet, and then you learn, uh, okay, the arms. And it's sequences of movement. So some of them are, you know, quite long and, and you have to learn also this this one's gonna for three notes I'm going to go ah just as I'm doing that and as I'm walking through these say like 16 people and I have to walk through them and some of them are doing <clears throat> so if I don't get it exactly right I get hit by <laughs> somebody else who's doing going in their direction. So one of the favorites there um, was you'd get all of that 
and anything. Now, and, and, and you waited with dread, eventually, because now we have the head. You're going to wear, and you're doing all these, you know, strange, uh, <laughs> and um, which had, it was all a language, you know. Right. And, um, and so he'd say, okay, now the head. Now we're going to have the head. It'll come on five and uh, eleven, but then after the fourth break, it'll be three and twelve, and and so you're trying to avoid hitting anybody. You're trying to remember. Let's say you have to come from the back to the front. You're trying to remember how you where it is what movement you've got to make when you get to the front because all the movements fit together it's like a puzzle right then suddenly it's like oh yeah three oh uh, nine oh but 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 uh 12 and then, uh, that feels like a lot of work i would be like they'd be like sean why are you smiling i'm like i can't smile i'm thinking i am totally thinking i cannot relax for your own <laughs> safety that sounds like a lot of work it is a, a lot of work, but then even people who, as I say, who'd never danced or anything and didn't have necessarily a musical feel, um, learned it. And so, but it would take them maybe, in fact, you, you're just learning the feet. You took, because you were with some people who were like that, mm -hmm you would do that for six weeks very simple movements so that then they could do it without even thinking you know um, and then if you have to move one foot twice you you're, you're relaxed in it did it make it harder for you as as a musician to be like when you're saying three and twelve is it on the downbeat or the upbeat like <laughs> because you've got a whole other vocabulary to add on to the dance. Are you like, when you say this, I, I have a couple of different things to ask you. You know what I mean? Was that a challenge on top of it? It was because uh, the way I had approached all of the music, of course, you have to learn the notes and everything, but I did it all by feel. Okay. And, and the singing by feel. And uh, um, it, it wasn't actually until Kingdom Come and the Drum Machine Mm -hmm. where I did have to count, you know, and I, it seemed like easy with the machine, but if you go after 17 beats, yeah, got to put in this whole sequence, which is now going to determine all the, all the music is geared to that. So if you bring it in wrong, it's all wrong. And, and so you, you have that, you know, it's not like where you could go like, oh yeah, I'm coming, I'll, I'll move the kick drum here. Right. You know, which you can do with a normal band playing, and it sounds, oh, sometimes you repeat it, the mistake, and it sounds... Oh, <laughs> do it twice, it's not a mistake, right? <laughs> and people, the audience get going, go, oh, that's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> Same that's audience. Great. Same audience that might come up to you afterwards and say, 
you sang one note, a different note. I said, yeah, each night I sing a bit different. But it's wrong, right? And they, they, they listen to the record and that's, it can only be like the record. You say, it's my song. If I'm singing it, it's not wrong. It's my song. You know, I have a model with the whole counting and stuff. If you, if you do it too much, because if you're not, you need to be, like if you're producing an album or a production or a movie, yeah, you can make it syncopated and you can do numbers and math and you click tracks. And that's great because you're going to have that forever in the car and you, you will hear that. But when you're live, that's one of the most important and special things you can do in any kind of art, whether it's dance or music or, or even a, a visual thing, or you like to combine all three of them together. If it's got to be by yeah. feel, I mean, I always say, if you, if you think, you stink. Because, you know, if you're thinking, you're stinking because you're not doing what you're doing because you're not in the moment. You practice and practice, but once it happens, you just got to be you. And if you're singing on a different note, then that's where your voice is. That's where your head is at that day. That's not wrong. That's the moment. We're not on our phones. We're not, we're not Instagram or, 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 or Facebook or, and I'm not knocking away social media. Everything is good and everything's bad, but we need to realize in the moment of performance yeah. is, is perfection that you can only see in yeah. that moment. You, you, you know, yeah. and, and I don't know if everybody gets that. I think a large part of your fan base gets it because that's the type of music and art you performed and strive for your career. And I remember, uh, you know, that that early uh, connection and, and uh, baptism, in, if you like, into modern jazz. Yeah. Where that was the basis of it. You you knew the tune. You knew the. You wouldn't necessarily have to know the names of the chords. But you knew right. the chords. And and you could uh, move around if if you wanted, like a conversation, and uh, it was ex it's not only acceptable. If you didn't do that, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, the, but but there were people like uh, Eric Burden, for instance. Yep. Who. Uh, you know, was a, a, a pop singer to begin with, yeah, bluesy pop. Right. Um, but he was a one, one, someone who changed the, the the melodies a little bit and improvised over the top of them, and he could, uh, you know, make a a whole live thing out of singing about what what he saw in front of him in, in the yeah. festival. So that was part of uh, the early part of uh, pop music as it became, as it got much wider in, in, uh, in the taste of, of people. One moment. And this is part we can actually jump into because we talk about the dance and obviously you've done theater and, and music through your times, but then the, you've always, even early on, you, you were very visual. I know Claire can come and talk about she's picked up the visual part too, but from the very beginning, I mean, notoriously, your your flaming helmet, sometimes your <laughs> flaming, sometimes your flaming hair, depending on the festival, 
<laughs> but you always had some kind of fire going out on your head. I mean, that was groundbreaking. The the makeup, the, um, the visual performance, you know, it set the tone for a lot of lot of artists very early on. Whether people realize it or not, just like you could say Eric Burden did with his pre-singing on a moment. A lot of artists like that did that kind of stuff at the time, especially in the sixties and seventies, which fell into the artists of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the big, bigger guys. But people don't realize the evolution, the extra steps. Yes, yes. Um, and it's important to talk about it. It's it's not about credit. It's like, who wrote this song? Who wrote every song? Because you can be like, well, the Beatles wrote every song, really. <laughs> you know, it's the joke because, you know, almost every melody you hear, you're like, God, that sounds like a Beatles song already. Like, have I, has someone <laughs> written that song? You know, but, but on a serious note, I mean, so it's not about credit, but it's about knowing where things come from. You know, like, like I think the last time we talked and you talked about some of your favorite artists and stuff. And what I love to do when I talk to an artist that I'm fans with and I've grown up listening to my whole life is I like to deep dive and I'll go into who you listen to. And then you you, you just keep going. It's 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 a musical rabbit hole that... Um, yeah broadens your horizon you're like oh i get it that was nothing to do with this oh this has been done you know here you know yeah. and, or or i can hear where this started and then it evolved and um that's huge and it also turns on you just different music you know what i mean because there are but, but what's great is and i was gonna say the you know you know the with jazz um like there's a lot of jazz and people 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 are afraid of the word jazz but there's so much jazz in music that people don't realize the complexities of the songwriting and the chords that people don't realize that's really jazz, you know, yeah. in modern music. And I say modern music, I mean, 1900s, you know, I mean, I don't mean like, you know, 2020 in modern music, you know, um, you, you know, it's important that we all know where things come from. So, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, um, it, it, People who, you know, read like music magazines, mm -hmm. that's the background they have when they're watching an artist. The background of, well, what is this music? Where does it come from? Uh, who, who did they used to play? What, what did they? Right. It's all from, uh, uh, and now, of course, the, the, um, the, televised or right yeah the podcast the youtube the interviews have changed the next level which is allowed i i'm 52 you know so i grew up reading rock magazines i've been a fan since i was in my single digits of music you know i can tell you um one of my first songs i, I heard record i bought was a single i had bought for me i think i was like seven or eight and it was um it was johnny cash singing dark as a dungeon oh um, right <laughs> That's a, that's a song for a seven-year-old, right? I had it on some like little play Playmobil thing. So to me, I've always been a fan of music and, and you hear the stories and you, you I read the books, the magazines my whole life. And, and at first it was felt like it was kind of open because do you remember like in the 70s and the 80s, we could interview somebody, you'd watch a show and they'd say, and you'd watch it and you'd walk away going, huh, I may have been a fan of that artist or that actor or actress. But that was an interesting story, and and then when you saw them again, you like you had a different perspective when you did that. I feel like the the um, 
that's gone away in time. Like we don't see that a lot nowadays. No. And to me, and that's why I'm like, I'm like, I don't have a script because I miss that. I loved to be engaged with something I was even thinking about. I want someone to come across my channel and be like, Arthur Brown, he's the guy with the fire in his hat. And next thing you know, they're they're talking and they're like, oh, what? You know what I mean? Because it's a conversation and it's about the realness of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's missing, you know? Yes, it, it's, it's kind of human interaction. Yeah. Uh, and storytelling and uh, uh, it's almost like sitting around the campfire you know exactly which you can do from the age of well you know a couple of months can't you yeah well, well you can and the thing is and, and that's the thing where i'm trying to hopefully preserve a little you know a small a small niche of history of and a reminder of people, you don't need these top questions. There's nothing wrong with a, a music bite if you're on a radio or whatever, or if there's going to be radio anymore. You get the little you know, top second with the album release. It's good to have those couple those bullet points or like an ag a magazine thing or, or like a web page. But if you got 15 minutes and you're talking to somebody and you already know all the other stuff, why not engage? Huh. And I'm saying to everybody, to every interviewer, every TV show, everything, let's talk let's engage if you have such a creative person in front of you i mean you don't want to hear the same question every day no you know? no you, and you, you've got the, in fact the the thing becomes extremely elastic and the, the boundaries uh, because of that thing you were talking about in uh music now yeah what you're putting into it and maybe uh, in talking with somebody on on the show, the, they see the process of of somebody who maybe isn't a, say like a great talker or whatever. Right. But they they consume the, the the conversation, so it's it's not a dead conversation. It's a right. live one, and 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 a space opens up. That they haven't ever been in before, so there's like a, a surprise in, in it, and that's that's a, a wonderful um, adventure because the safety, only saying safe thing, is... well, exactly. It's like let's see. It's easy because I'm a fan of you for for forever. So, but let's say. We're talking about an artist and say, oh, I love whatever, you know, it's Van Gogh. And then everybody asks them about his paintbrushes, his next painting, right? You know, what kind of paint is he using? What kind of bristles, right? Instead of saying other th life things about him, like, and then he shares something totally different than those same five questions about the product, the end result. Because once it becomes a commodity and there's money on it, it's a product. But before that, it's a piece of artwork. And arguably, yeah. it could still be artwork, but when it's still in its truest, truest form, and there's no money involved, and it's the creative process before it becomes something that comes into the ethos and becomes a fabric of our life, to talk about that is a gift because you're talking to somebody who you're a fan of, whatever they do, and they create things you enjoy. My God, yes. you can talk to them about anything you want, and you're going to say the same thing that you just heard somebody else say in line ahead of you? Yeah. You're doing yeah. yourself a disservice and the artist a disservice, you know? Yes. But do you ever have interviews 
where you don't like the the artist interview. Yes, I would say here. Here's the thing: I designed a show during COVID to start giving artists. I tried doing all types of artists because I like all types of music, like literally all types of music, and different age groups and genres and and genders and everything. Totally, I'm I'm a fan of the human race and the human sounds of music. Okay, um, so there's been a few artists I've had on that a don't engage the same, and I don't take it as a negative, but some of them like the cookie cutter thing and they keep everything to themselves which is fine because you don't have to put yourself out in a certain way it doesn't have to be that it's not all or nothing it's not black or white you know yeah uh, i've had some interviews that weren't i thought were going to be a little more interesting but they didn't because of just how they wanted to go with the conversation but i didn't take it personal because not everybody like like you and i can be as engaging like we're on a train you know what i mean and you've, you and i have only talked like twice but to have a conversation like this not everybody can do that you know no no it's true and if it's you've had true. 20 interviews with somebody all day long you're on the end of it like last thing you want to do you're like oh i just want to go i want to have my tea i want to watch netflix i'm tired you know i've done it for the day so how do you how do you get to somebody's into somebody's um into somebody's mind and open up in that time that could be yeah. a challenge um one of the the strange ones that i had in that regard was um kit lambert decided that i should meet uh, jim morrison when he came over uh they were playing in england and uh so we we were in soho they arranged for me to uh they said uh, be in this uh, it was sort of coffee and drinks like and so uh, if you get there at uh, 10 30 uh, so uh, they they arranged a little room upstairs but it had a, its own bar and uh, so it came in and it was uh, a radio guy and so there was Jim. Hey, Jim. And then uh, and then uh, Jim said, uh, "Who's that singing on the radio?" Well, I said, "I don't know." And he said, "Ah." Oh. And then he, he got up and left. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we ever said to each other. Really? What, <laughs> now, when was that in his career? Like how? I think that was uh, about, it would have been either late 68 or actually 69. Okay. And I remember they, they came over at the time when he was performing on stage, The Lizard King. Yep. I am the Lizard King. Um, so I think that might have been nearer, at least uh, end of 68, but maybe even early 69. Curious, because it always felt like, and in, in obviously it's been so publicized, like because of his drinking and stuff, 
that there was almost two or three versions of him. And the more he got into the rock star version, he became that. I think at some point he may have enjoyed at the beginning, maybe the parody of the unleashing of that inner demon that he couldn't be in regular life. Like someone like you can just like let out who you are without needing it. But for some shy introverted people, they needed it. And you saw, you Fair lived enough. in the 70s. I mean, how many people have you watched vanish that you knew because of that? And that's why you thrive because you were not, you didn't need that, you know? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if that was the balance of him. He was either on 120% or the shy guy that was trying to write his poetry and read. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that, that fine balance because without that, he wasn't the same guy. He was either performing or in his head. But he wasn't, yeah. wasn't this. He wasn't actually really engaging. And I, right. don't, I didn't, um, I, I remember one other band that I met who yeah. had opened for, for him. Um, and they were in the dressing room, which was more of a, uh, uh, a kind of warehouse thing. And yeah. it was the tools. And there was a big uh, reel or what role of uh, the barbed wire fence. Mm -hmm. And so he, they were in there talking to each other. And they were sort of in the middle of the room because they're all at the equipment. So they were in a, a sort of, not a circle exactly, but right. you know, an enclosed space. And so he, he came in. Kind of nodded and uh, just then started to walk. And, and so they, after a while, they, uh, uh, well, and, and so they started talking amongst these. And before they uh, realized it, he took yeah. the, the fence. The um, wire fence, you know, the yeah. nice sharp points out, surrounded them by it and sort of tied off the bit of metal here, you know, with his fingers and, and walked out of the room. <laughs> that was his communication with them. <laughs> 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 so yeah, he, he was different at different times. You know? It feels like he's either, he was either a performer for like the rock and roll guy, or he was the guy suffering through his own art. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, it, I'm gonna say, and, and you maybe have met him over the years because obviously, me being on the other side, I mean, you're you're a respected artist. Whereas me, you know, I'm gonna say before that I, when I started the show, the goal of the show is it's evolved. The situation is. My name is not on the show. It's called Laughing Monkey Music. It means nothing. I love laughing. I love monkeys. I love music. It all fits together. It's Led Zeppelin, Laughing Monkey Music. It's it's a musical word is what I came up with. But it's not a Sean cast or a podcast. Because this show has nothing to do with me. I'm like the diving board, the springboard. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know the part that brings it to you. I'm every, I'm, hopefully I'm like I'm every man, woman, gender that can have an opportunity to do it. It's not about me, it's about the artist. 
And that's what yeah. the show's tried to be about music and about not about anybody in particular. Not not about me. It's uh, you know what I mean. The show, the Sean show. It's today. It's, yes. it's the Arthur Brown show. It's the engaging conversation and, and talk about what's on your mind. Um, but one of the hardest things I did actually even say maybe think about it was Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. Big fan of Jethro Tull. My right. I I, I spoke yeah. with him last year. He put a new album out. Real good album. And he popped on and he it was he says uh all right don't have a lot of time for small talk i said oh thank you the introduction before we record to go live he goes so sorry i'm running late no time for niceties or small talk or something how he said it he goes we gotta go very to the point and then he hopped right into the interview and i was like and i started by saying i said ian you know i'll be honest with you you've been doing this for 50 years of interviews what can i say <laughs> i wouldn't have time to not to, to try making it a little more engaging for you, a little more interesting, you know, and uh, that was probably hard. He was he was good, and he 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 opened up on a few things, you know, as best as you could, because I don't think he's it's just part of the job for him, you know. He likes to do his music and then be gone, you know. Yeah, especially as yeah. he's getting older. Um, he's very much by the numbers, though. I mean, he's like I promised myself that by January, whatever date he had, right? He goes by nine o'clock this date. Like pre-dating it, I'd be in the studio recording this thing by 9 a.m. He goes, um, I let myself down. He goes, I started it. I was in there. I was doing emails. And I didn't get it until like 11 o'clock on that date. And he's like, I let myself down. I thought he was joking. I think he was dead serious because he's so by the numbers <laughs> that he yeah. was behind. He was two hours behind the schedule that he had preset months in advance. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, that was That's, very interesting as a, as a conversation. You know what I mean? Where do you go with that? Because it's who he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, uh, and then how it, it spills out, it depends. Maybe uh, someone like that would make a limitation of the of the conversation. Well, mm -hmm. I've said I'm going to do it. And I'm, this part, I've remembered I'm only going to do 20 minutes. That's it. Bye bye. You know, yeah, he, uh, he's got he's got rules to that to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's uh, I don't know whether you watch this the TV thing, uh, the Good Doctor. Yep. Well, I see it. It's it's great from that point of view, isn't it? Of uh, people and their rules and how they interact and uh, and, and what do you do with it? <laughs> Well, and that's because, and I think, and not realizing it, this show has given me more than I could have ever put into it. Like, like people skills, like people I've talked to, like, I'm probably less shy than I was. People are like, how can you talk to that? I'm like, I've just, everybody's everybody. Everybody's the same person and different. And everybody's, you know what I mean? It's maybe yeah. actually a different person. It's maybe look at the world differently. Look at our, everything. It's really been a gift. Because you need, I've interviewed hundreds of people now, and it you can't not with your eyes open not make you a different person. You know, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the beauty of interaction and uh, you know social examining together. Right, well, and that's how come you are more well rounded, like in you and a lot of other artists. You tour the world and you can constantly create and you're not in, in this realm of 
every Friday you're doing this, you were, you know, like a lot of people, like a lot of us in our jobs, this and that, and you got this. When you're in the nine to five world, there's all these rules to maintain. You have your own rules, your own challenges. I'm not saying it's easy for you, but it's a different world that the parts are moving, which makes you meeting different people. So you're, you're getting consistently different experiences to build off of where some people in, in a static job or life are not having the different challenges. So after time, any challenge seems so hard if you do the same thing. Whereas yeah. you have different challenges yearly, <laughs> right? As a musician, yeah. it's not gonna be the same. You're not like, oh, now I've got to deal with my new boss. You're like, you have a new challenge in your career, the industry, the whatever. Well, yeah, and, and you know, there's the, if, when I started, the expectation was a, your career will probably be about four years maximum. And uh, if, if even when I was uh, 25, uh, there's still some things, magazines now, that put me out two years younger. Because when you're 25, if, if they manage to pass you up as 23, right. then you're in a different bracket. You know? Oh, so say you're two years now? So you're, what are you, you're 34, not 36 then? Is that... How it goes. <laughs> it was because in in those days the right. the the avenue for success was very small indeed, and if you didn't fall into the pattern, bye bye bye. You know, and that's why it was one thing that the the uh, bursting of the underground music into the radio and the radio, you know, the pirates and all of that stuff. Um, opened up the the channels for uh, people of different ages and all that different musical tastes yeah. and, and people who who spoke differently. They weren't going to have little sort of mantras of uh, you know uh, how they going to uh, manage their success and everything. It's labeled differently, though. Don't you think it's labeled differently, though? I'm sorry, except by you. Like, because of that, though, that but at that point, like, everything had a rule of, at this age, you behave this point. Because last time we talked, you were telling me about when you are a child and you had a thing about this really great guy used to do this great trick, and he died off a boat with a cigarette in his mouth. One of my favorite <laughs> stories, right? So, but, but, but in that period, everyone had a certain rule. Like, this is the kind of music you listen to for your age and this and that. And I think that carried over to music. Like, oh, if you're in your 20s, that's a wild age. And then when you're 30s and 40s, you should be settling down and you should be listening to this type of music. As we've seen, and we can sit right now and say, it's not the same. You're 80, 80 now. You are performing with more energy than I think I had in my 20s. <laughs> the, Rolling <laughs> Stones, the Rolling Stones are still together and still playing. You know, oh. Alice Cooper yeah. is still on the stage rocking and selling out age is just a number and, and and these are all different types of music alice cooper's rock metalish you know stones are bluesy rock you know you are whatever whatever sound you want to be depending on the album yeah and, and i could go on and, and it's it's a great barrier that got broken because at one point the few older bands that were still going on that were past i don't know their 50s it was like it was like some kind of reunion or, or freedom rock thing the few bands that did it, it was like this like it was like a joke because it was, it was like because uh 
like Fog Hat or Blue Oyster Cult was still going on that people knew about. Like they're playing because you're musicians. Like yes. had we had we not gotten to the point now, I think we are where like musicians can play because you're not like a shoemaker and you quit your job at 50 because that's the age. This isn't like um Logan's Run. Remember that movie? Yeah. And you turn a certain age and also they had to get rid of you at 30. Like this isn't that. There's no age thing where your finger goes off, you know. You you can play forever. And you know, physically. Yeah. Well, I I was uh, last year quite pleased when I I, I read uh the, the concert list for this guy who who's still out there doing it. He's not a rock musician. He's more in the classical. He's 92 and still still. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, people say they want to go out playing music, but I'll be honest with you, the few people that have died on stage, it's been pretty horrible for the people in the audience. <laughs> They're like, I want to go out on stage. I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe after the performance, <laughs> quietly in your hotel room. Maybe you don't need to go right on the stage in front of the people that paid for tickets to you, right in front of you. Are you, are you suggesting that I plan it for an offstage moment? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying if, if an artist wants to go out, no, you can live forever. The point is, it's I can no. imagine both ends where like an artist goes, I want to go out playing. They always say that. But as we see recently, because people are playing older, diets in life are changing. Artists are actually starting to die on the stage. And yeah. more more often, I think it's been a couple in the past couple of years, drummers, more of heart attacks and cardiac arrest because, oh, as you get older, that's a that's a speed and a and a effort you can't change. Like you could dance differently if you're tired, or you're not feeling good. If you're the drummer, you need to be two four three four. That can't change ever, ever. You know, a guitar player yeah. can play chords instead of solos, but you don't have to thrash. But you always have to keep that beat as a drummer at that rhythm that you did when you're 20. You're 65. It's still that beat. Unforgiving. Yeah, yeah and although you're you're uh, what is it they like to call it muscle memory is, is yeah. there, you still have to have the, the overall body Heart muscle system. memory. <laughs> <laughs> right. And 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 the desire to uh, you know, because there are, there are nights when you do that and, and you push it and you, even at the age of, uh, you know, 20, you feel tired, you, you, you know, you get, you're, and, and so the, the, the demand made of an 80-year-old body or a 90-year-old uh, is that much greater, even if you're fit. And you've been yeah. going, but it'll depend how you manage the the mind, the the feelings, the, you know, all working together as one system. Uh, if that's in good shape, yeah, maybe you could go even longer. <laughs> your mind, your mind's probably going to outlast anything. You can be with your mind in a jar and a robot, and you can just keep going. That was, <laughs> that could be your next album, the Crazy Mind. <laughs> Of Arthur Brown. <laughs> yeah, I could get someone else to play it. <laughs> right. You can put your mind in there and you can just take over someone else. Yeah. You, you, you've kept yourself so, but you've engaged your mind. And that's a good point that, and physically keeping yourself healthy, the two of them, you know, 
doesn't always work for people because you have genetics, but overall the number, the odds are really good if you do the two things that you've done. Yes. To, to, to be maintaining who you are at your, at, you know. It, it, and it's sort of, uh, it's interesting how things like memory work, you know, uh, there, are, there are artists who have to have, uh, you know, the lyrics printed above, yep. and projected, and, and they, then they can perform beautifully. Um, and then there are other people who whose memory just gets shot. Yeah. There are other people who whose memory for the music and the, the lyric is perfect. The rest of their life, they're right. like, well, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I was talking with you uh, yesterday. You know, oh, oh, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. and I don't, I don't, I don't slide people for that for needing, needing uh, the musical uh, lyrics going across them. I wish in my life I had that going through my house. I called my kids by the dogs' names. I wish I had a teleprompter in my living room. Hey, uh, teleprompter, cue cards, you know. And I'm not even performing. So, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's I, you know, we, we've had a super long time. Um, I want I want to thank you. Uh, this has been. But I, I do wanted to say about our new show because obviously we'd, we'd absolutely like, yeah 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 please yeah. We'd like people to come and see it, and uh, <laughs> it so, does. It's more rewarding if you have people watching you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we do uh, <clears throat> we do do the long, long road uh, in the stage act. And then a lot of the uh, different, uh, we draw from different periods of my career, but it's a story and uh, it is multimedia in a very good way. The, the, the actual uh, blending of the music and the visuals goes all the way from abstract through to, you know, like some of the old beautiful classical paintings, but but done not not with, uh, you know, not taking a, one right. of those paintings and projecting that. Um, and all, it, it draws from all kinds of uh, theater, all kinds of um, movement, uh, costume, and 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 it has a hard edge and and a very soft uh edge to it as well it's 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 got a great variety in there and the musicians are uh really fantastic um did we talk about them last time at all i think we did a little bit but no i, I always give people credit i'm fine with you talking about them there's no you know, you, you always have really good musicians or generally, at least from the outside, you know, it's always a stellar performance, you know. Yeah, it, it's, uh, there, there are lots of musicians around and there's a whole 
sort of category of people who don't really want to um, don't want to be stars. Mm -hmm. They they just want to make the music. Right, there's rock star and then there's musician. <laughs> it's like where do people balance then, on that, right? <laughs> there is that balance, and then of course you get the the ones who combine those. Uh, but um, yeah, so th these uh, people at the moment are people that I've uh, played with on on and off for quite a few years now um and so on um on the the bass and also uh electronics and uh, some vocal is is jim mortimore uh, he's he's comes from a very musical family his father was in um uh the blockheads with Ian Dury and then also Colosseum. He's oh, currently, wow. currently playing with Colosseum. He was yeah, he was one of the uh the top uh, jazz people. Uh, uh so that that is Jim Mortimer is is the, the bass player. Uh and I first came across him um Probably around about uh, 2000, yeah, around about there. And um, he was only 14 then. And so I, I was his father, Malcolm, at that time, I had a, a world music acoustic liner. And so his father, Malcolm Mortimore, who I just mentioned, um, you know, was playing with Carl Newman. Said, um, "Oh, I said, well, we've got a band that is guitar, cello, and um, and percussion. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the cello player played bass. He was a bit, so he did it on the cello, and we had uh, you know electronic things." His most, and he, he um, so we needed a, a particular solo on one of the songs, and so Malcolm said, "Well, you know, my son's pretty good, alright," and I, you know, I said, "Oh." Okay, uh, well, bring him to the session. So he, he uh, we put him on the recording, and it was absolutely incredible. And so from then on, I've known Jim. And uh, at one point, he he and his father were the rhythm section in a more electronic, uh, pulley, you know, band. Yeah. Um. And then he went off and played with a, a very uh, fantastic uh, folk, modern folk, uh, progressive band called the Moulettes. And uh, they are, yeah, they're 
outstanding. I'll have to check them out. I haven't heard of them. Oh, yeah, you you'll uh, you'll love it. I think if you like. Um. So he's now back. The the the, the drummer is uh, Sam Walker, who is just a monster on the drums. Uh, and he he plays so many different kinds of rhythm in in, in his song. You know, it's just like, oh, uh, fantastic. And he's called Sam Walker, and uh, he came in uh, during that period of the crazy world around about two thousand and four. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and he's a, a phenomenon. And uh, the uh, they, Jim and Sam, said, oh, if, if we're forming a new version of Crazy, we've got a guy that we could work with in there. And uh, he's called Dan Smith. And he uh, has uh, been in, in modern bands and had uh, various hits. He's a, a, an incredible uh, improvising player. Of uh, He's a, a superb guitarist and a superb keyboard player and a singer. He sings beautifully and writes. And uh, so with with the three of them together, they they can on the spot come up with uh, absolutely astounding ideas, uh, and we have taken sections of the act and written bits of music for it. Yeah. Um, so that it 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 has a movement all the way through. The visuals are uh, you know work with projection and shadow and uh, uh, uplighting. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a show that you could play in Japan, you could play in um, New Zealand, you could play it in uh, Europe, England, America. It's got theatre from all over the world as influence, not not as. Will it be making its way over to the U.S.? We are at present um, uh, negotiating for that, and what what we've done at the moment, we uh, are doing our own agency. Nice. So so that we can make sure we get to places that we want. I've never gotten to see you. I would love to see you at some point. Well, and I'm not getting any younger, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you might see me when I'm 92, and <laughs> and my nurse is going. I'll be 60. My nurse will be pushing me in a wheelchair. And you'll be out performing at 92. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So lovely, lovely. This is. Awesome. I want people to check out. So the show, look for the show. All your information is on your website. You're going to update your show in the dates. You have some dates already, I think, for December. That's the show you're talking about, right? Up on the website. 
Yeah, that's that's uh, in Germany and Italy. Yep. Okay, <coughs> so people can see that there. Uh, both the albums are up there. Buy your merch. Check out. You got some great artwork on your merch. So a lot of people go pick it up and support it. It's very cool looking. Very, you know, all all hand in hand, like everything else. You know, um, you're streaming at all the platforms, so they can check you out there. And I, I must say again that it's Claire who takes care of all that. She spends uh, some hours every day just lining all of that up and uh, and and has uh, a creative uh, approach to all of it. So it it, it all has a flavor. <laughs> it it shows and and it's more and more. It's everyone. It's an artist and a significant other that always turns out to be the business person and creative person that it's usually a two person team that brings the artist out to the best that they are, you know, yes. it's never just the yes. artist. There's a, an army behind them. Part of your biggest, your, your general of your army is Claire. You know, there's other artists that have a similar, which is beautiful. And I think they should get credit. Um, all that they do uh, is fantastic, yes. you know? Um, yeah. I think it is. It's. It's. Uh, I think in the early days, the managers keep in the background. Yeah. And, Not uh, anymore. It's a cottage industry now. You know, you you are yeah. you're a you're in in, in you're, you're you yourself. You're a, a cottage turnkey industry where everything's already there. You do it in house, and that's that's the model that's working, and that's the model that's probably going to stay because the big record companies, or I like to call them the banks. <laughs> really ate themselves alive by doing it the way they did. So it's not gonna come back anymore. No one's gonna give up their, their creative strength again for, for those crazy deals. So yes. you, have, you have you and Claire as a team and there's other artists that do that too. And try to do most of the in-house, young bands, older bands. That's how an artist survives now. And that's how you can, yeah. can control your art. Um, so, I'm looking forward to talking again. I'm looking forward to talking about your next album when it comes out because you're working on one. Um, it's always it's always been a a pleasure talking to you. It's I could talk to you for days. I could be your neighbor. I could have, I could have coffee and tea with you every day. <laughs> you know, it's a gift. Yeah, it's a gift to talk no, no, to you. So. You can you can send me your mind. Yeah, <laughs> we can make two. Yeah, right. my mind. That would be perfect, right? This has been. Uh, I want to thank you, Arthur. It's it's been a treat. Thank you. You know, it's and, been the and best. for me too. It's lovely to have your I love approach. Allows uh, allows a lot of well, things to appear which don't necessarily. Well, I appreciate. It. I'm just I'm just me, well, and I'm a lover of music. And then when I have an artist like you, who I who I've enjoyed for so long and on so many levels, it's it's effortless to do this. This is something I look forward to. It's like, you know, it's it's something that'll stay with me. And hopefully the people watching and listening on whatever medium will, will get an idea of who you are and how you how you approach your art and just how nice of a guy you are and how, how great, you know, of a woman Claire is and, and just the human the human part of it too, that we're all just people. And, you know, that's, that's the big part, you know. Yes. Um, so I'm going to check check you out, check out his music, check everything out, um, and also be good to everybody. 
be human beings, you know. <laughs> we don't have a lot of time left on this planet. Be a good person to everybody. And in the meantime, listen to Arthur's music. So thank you, Arthur. I appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. And speak to you again.